The former CEO of British Petroleum, Tony Hayward, became a PR nightmare for his company during the Gulf oil spill of 2010. In the middle of the crisis, he was quoted on international television as saying, I'd like to have my life back. He also said at the White House in front of rolling cameras, quote, I want the world to know that BP cares about the little people in the Gulf area. It wasn't long before he had to leave his job in great humiliation. Not exactly an example of a servant attitude in leadership. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this episode. Today, the episode is brought to you by the letter S. S stands for having a servant attitude. I'm in the middle of a 10-part series, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And the S in leadership stands for servant attitude. Here's what I'm going to cover in the show today. First of all, I want to give you some very insightful listener feedback from one of you. Secondly, an amazing story of a a gentleman that I know who was honored by his staff after 20 years for his servant leadership. Number three, I want to talk about why does the Bible use the shepherd analogy so much when it talks about leadership? Number four, contrasting two paradigms, what a shepherd attitude is and is not. And finally, I'm going to leave you with some action points, some homework that you can do. Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter S, and that letter gets a lot of attention. Isn't it amazing how much the letter S shows up in the English language? S stands for servant spirit. We're going to unpack the true nature of servant leadership, a topic that I find is very confusing. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I have talked about this topic a number of times, but I have some Brand new stuff for this episode I think you'll really appreciate. Here's a great quote from General George S. Patton. There's a great deal of talk about loyalty from bottom to the top. Loyalty from the top down is even more necessary, but it's much less prevalent. One of the most frequently noted characteristics of great men and women who have remained great is their loyalty to their subordinates. George Patton. I want to start with some great listener feedback from Michelle in Illinois. When I asked the question, what is what do you think is one of the most important traits or skills of new leadership that every new leader should master and the kind of skills or attitudes or characteristics that you believe should be in your leader, here's what Michelle wrote. I believe that every good leader is able to understand the needs of others and act in order to provide that which is needful. A leader does not seek to gratify his or her own immediate desires. Rather, he or she understands that by helping others, the group as a whole is successful. Many different types of people can be considered leaders. Some come in small packages, such as the kindergartner who shares his or her snack. Others come with grand and important titles, such as the President of the United States or the Pope, who was recently here in the United States. Still others can be dressed as you and me. 
It's the everyday people who can become some of the greatest selfless leaders of all time. I like that, Michelle. Actually, she goes on, really insightful. She says, This selflessness does not need to be accompanied with pride, arrogance, or self-achievement. Rather, with humility and a subtle fashion. We can learn a lesson from the thoughts of King Solomon from Ecclesiastes 9.17. Quote, The quiet words of the wise men are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. I like that. Serving others with wisdom enables the leader to act as a mentor and guide those who are seeking to follow the path to success and curtail followers from journeying down a straying path. That's really great stuff. Thank you so much, Michelle. And if some of you would like to add your input, please go to hansfinzel.com slash engage and let me know what you think are essential skills every new leader must master. Now I want to tell you a story about my friend Dave, who's actually been CEO of his organization for almost 25 years, and he's what I consider a true servant leader. He lives here in Colorado. Uh, we've known each other for uh, ever since I moved to Colorado 16 years ago, and recently at a global gathering of his staff worldwide up in Canada, they presented Dave with a check for a car, not a brand new car, but a new car to him. And here's what he wrote to his, all his people. He was so overwhelmed. And he calls it the car that love bought. One of my friends coined this phrase as he was coaching me in the purchasing process of my new car. This is an apt description. I want to thank you for your part in this special gift. Again, this is his letter to all the people that contributed over $11,000 so he could buy a car. And I happen to know that Dave has been driving around in a very dumpy old Volkswagen all the years that I've known him here in Colorado. And I'm a car guy. I like shiny cars and nice cars. And, And I've always appreciated that Dave just... It's not that he wasn't a car guy, but he just didn't want to waste uh, resources, and he just drove this humble car all these years. Anyway, he says, he goes on to say in this letter to his staff, I was blown away, utterly shocked, and completely surprised at conference when I was presented this oversized card with the oversized gift of love of $11,630 designated for me to replace my worn-out 1996 VW Cabrillo. I'm so grateful for this expression of love. I cried tears of joy when I received this gift at the end of the conference. And again, I shed tears of joy when I recently drove away from the sales transaction of my 2001 Mercedes-Benz 320 Roadster hardtop convertible. I have never in my life dreamed I could own such a beautiful and fun car. By the way, the color is goldenrod, and I recently had a chance to drive this car with Dave with the top down. It's beautiful. And the thing that just impressed me so much, remember, he says this is the car that love bought. His followers, after 25 years, have such an appreciation for his servant attitude and for his servant spirit and for not enriching himself as a leader, but serving those that he leads, that they bought. They gave him a car. It's so cool. He deserves it. What a great example of a servant leader. Well, thirdly, I want to talk about the shepherd analogy. Why did Jesus use the shepherd analogy for leadership? 
I think he used it because shepherds keep a lifelong commitment to stay with their sheep. It's a life of sacrifice. Donna and I were in Albania, uh, probably it was 10 years ago, and we were speaking at a conference, and every afternoon we'd go up walking on the hills up above Korcha, Albania, and every day when we walked up on these hilltops back behind the city, there was a shepherd with his sheep. It was it was kind of cool. Every day he was up there. He kind of looked bored. He was smoking cigarettes, hanging around with the sheep. You know, shepherds, good shepherds, take care of their sheep over the long haul. Well, in his book, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks, Timothy Lanick interviewed shepherds all over the Middle East. In Jordan, he asked a, a Bedouin, what does it take to be a shepherd? And sitting in front of his tent, the shepherd, you know, scratched his chin and thought for a while. And, and he said, you know, you know, what really matters is that you have a heart for it, that you have a heart for your sheep. You know, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when the wolf comes, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and they scattered. It's an interesting analogy how much in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, think about uh, the, the shepherd's psalm of Psalm 23. All through the scriptures, it talks about the shepherd analogy. Why is that so? Because it takes a real commitment, a servant attitude to take care of them. Leadership is not about what people do for us. It's about what we do for our people. Leadership is not about everybody serving our desires and our needs and our agendas and enriching us. It's about us serving their needs and, as Michelle said, helping them to be successful. When they're successful, we're successful. I want to remind all of you that I'd love to have your engagement. I am getting close to the end of this 10-part series on Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And I'm thinking about, I've already got some new shows lined up afterwards, but I'd love to hear your pain points. I'd love to scratch you where you itch. If you would go to hansvenzel.com backslash engage and give me some ideas about what are you struggling with in your leadership or where do you see leaders struggle? Or perhaps you're struggling under a leader and you're annoyed by some of this person, his or her characteristics or, or attitudes or behaviors or patterns, uh, habits. Would you let me know? I would love to. I won't use your name if you don't want me to, but I'd love to get some input from you about uh, future topics for the show for the Leadership Answer Man after this series is over. If you'll just give me those questions, and I'd like to give you a free audio book. If you'll go to hanspinzel.com backslash engage, give me your input, give me your email. I promise I will send you a free audio book, and there are two different choices there on that page in my website. So let me hear from you. I would love to have your engagement. The fourth thing I wanted to cover in the podcast today as we talk about the servant attitude. Again, S in leadership stands for having a servant spirit. It really is an attitude. 
I want to contrast the two paradigms, what a shepherd is and what a shepherd is not. The former CEO of British Petroleum, Tony Hayward, became a PR nightmare for his company during the Gulf oil spill in 2010. In the middle of the crisis, he was quoted on international television saying, I'd like to have my life back. He also said at the White House in front of rolling cameras, I could not believe when he said this, I want the world to know that BP cares about the little people in the Gulf area. It wasn't long before he had to leave his job in great humiliation. And guess what? He got his life back. You know, it's probably not what he meant to say. He probably meant to say we care about every single person affected. But it's almost like the attitude of this big-time corporate executive came through looking at the little people. Let's talk about shepherds versus hired hands. Or to put it another way, here is my definition of servant leadership. When the leader cares more about the good of the team than his or her own enrichment. Let me say that again. My definition of servant leadership is when the leader cares more about the good of the team than his or her own enrichment. Sooner or later, a leader has to make the conversion from me to we. It's not about me. It's about we. And we need to have a team and we need to be successful together. And when there is success, we all share the victory. Don't you hate it when a leader takes credit for something an idea, a program, a methodology uh, that they didn't come up with and they don't give credit to where it came from. Great leaders give credit where it's due because we all share the victory together. Leadership is not about me, it's about we. So I want to contrast what I call servant leadership, the shepherd, versus self-serving leadership, the hired hand. Servant leadership, it's all about we. The hired hand, it's all about me. The servant, I serve others. The hired hand, others serve me. The servant, I'm happy if the team scores. The self-centered leader says, I'm happy when I score. Servant leader, I carry everyone on my shoulders. The needs of others come first. The hired hand says, I ride on the shoulders of everyone else, and my needs come first. The shepherd says, I'm here for our cause. The hired hand says, I'm here for my career. The shepherd says, I'm a shepherd. The hired hand says, hey, I'm a hired hand. And when I'm out of here, I'm out of here. Don't you get annoyed by career steppers and people who are really not in it for the cause or for the team, but they're in it to to stair-step up their career when they're ready to go to a better opportunity they Wow, I've seen people just evaporate overnight. Wow, they're gone and they took another job. I I thought they cared about what we were doing. I know there's times we have to move on and take other jobs, but sometimes people are nothing more than stair steppers because they're hired hands. They're not really shepherds. The shepherd says, I want to help you fulfill your dreams. Empowerment. The hired hand says, I'm here to pursue my dreams. Micromanagement. And finally, the shepherd says, let my people go. And the hired hand says, let me have my way. When I was in China not long ago, I was teaching a group of leaders about servant leadership in the church movement over there. And uh, there was a lady that I talked to, and she said, you know, 
I feel like my people own me 24-7. They get so annoyed if I don't answer text messages right away. And they feel like whether it's day or night or weekend or whatever, I need to drop whatever I'm doing to respond to them. You know, I think that's what I would call slave leadership, not servant leadership. Let me tell you what servant leadership is not. And I will remind you that Everything I'm sharing with you today is on my show notes, if you go to hansfinzel.com. And this is episode 69, so you can go to hansfinzel.com backslash 69 and you'll find all the notes. Here's what servant leadership is not. You do all the dirty work. You let everyone else set your agenda. You serve everyone's requests. You work 24-7 for the good of others. You are a doormat. You have no boundaries. You are weak. You let others walk all over you, and others take advantage of you. That's slave leadership. That's not servant leadership. A good servant leadership and a shepherd does have boundaries. It's an attitude. It's a state of mind. It's a framing of the heart. And again, I want to say that my definition of servant leadership is when the leader cares more about the good of the team than his or her own enrichment. Now, I said earlier one of the characteristics of a servant leadership is we carry people on their backs. And sometimes that analogy you might take too far, and you could absolutely wear yourself out uh, carrying people on your back. And, and really what I mean, it's an attitude, is you carry them in your heart you know, their their cares are your cares, and their concerns are your concerns, and when they suffer, you suffer, and they're not just worker ants, they're not just cogs in the machine, but you really care about them. The New Testament says, bear one another's burdens, and that's that's what servant leadership is all about. Again, it's an attitude, and I want to caution you, don't fall into the trap of slave leadership. I'm all about boundaries. And so you need to be available at certain times to your staff, but you also need to have times when you set a boundary and you get away. And what I have found is the best way to get away, you know, to have an open door policy when you're around your team, but have times when you're not in that office or you're hidden away somewhere else to get the work done that you need to get done, as well as to manage the demands of your leadership. One of the podcasts I'll be doing after this series is over has to do with guarding your heart in the grind of leadership. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries are so important. And Henry Cloud has written on the topic of boundaries, and I would highly recommend his work if you're interested in in just learning more about boundaries. And maybe you struggle with not being able to to really set good boundaries. Okay, I want to finish with um, four action items, some homework that I'd like you to consider doing. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a servant spirit do you practice in your position? I guess the real question is if you were, if your staff were to answer the question, how much of a servant spirit are you, what kind of grade would they give you on 1 to 10? And how do you uh, how do you objectively even give yourself a score? Well, I think it's an attitude, and it's the kind of things that I I mentioned. And you know, my friend Dave, who got that car, the gift of love, the the car that love bought, I'd say he'd get a a nine or a ten as a servant leader because people know 
that he cares. And people, it's just people know that he's in it for them. And the cause is more important than his career. So I'm just curious, on a on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, what would you give yourself for a score as a servant leader? And I have to be honest, in my career, I have struggled through the years. And there's been times when I think I've been more concerned about me. It's natural. That's why I always say if you do what comes natural, you won't be a great leader because we naturally look out for ourselves first. But that's my first uh, challenge to you. What kind of a score would you give yourself? Number two, make a list of what people are demanding of you that is not really appropriate. And this is about boundaries. You have to set boundaries. And I'd encourage you to make a list of what people are demanding of you that you really don't think is appropriate. Expect Expectations can kill you, like the lady who said, you know, they expect me to answer texts or emails instantaneously or within, certainly within a minute. And so sometimes you need to talk to your team and talk to your staff and say, you know, there are times I will not be available because I'm doing the other important work that I have to do in order to be an effective leader. In my career, in the last position I had in in the ministry that I was uh, leading, is I would periodically uh, bring out my job description that the board was holding me accountable to, and I would remind my team and my followers, you know, these are the seven responsibilities that the board has given me that I have to pursue. And this is their expectations of me. And I just want you to know, you probably have some expectations of me that are not realistic, and they're not part of this list. And and I'm accountable to them or whoever you're accountable to. Make sure you're clear on what your responsibilities are. And sometimes you just have to tell people, you know, I can't get to that. That's that's not part of uh, the configuration of my job and what is expected of me. Number three, what can you do to make a change in this list? Do you need a time of clarity or do you need to spread the load more? You have to figure out how to manage these demands. And if the demands are overwhelming, they will manage you. And so again, servant leadership is an attitude of heart that the people are important and that you're serving them, but you have to have boundaries and you cannot fall into slave leadership where they own you 24-7. So what could you do to change? What kind of strategy could you have to put some of those fences around you so that you can get your job done and yet still lead your people? Finally, number four, How could you change your leadership style to add some boundaries yet serve your people? Sometimes it's a style that needs to be corrected. Uh, Maybe it's where you work. It's a habit of how you work. For example, I know nowadays the millennials, they love to all be together in one big, you know, room with no walls and everybody has cubicles or not even cubicles. There are different workstations where you can go work and every day you can be somewhere else. And and all I would say is if you're feeling like you're living in the tyranny of the urgent and everybody else is making demands of you and you're not managing yourself, they are managing you then change some of your behavior, change your location, change your style, and you have to focus. It's so important for leadership. You have to focus on the right things. So let me again finish up by this great quote by George Patton, 
who said there's a great deal of talk about loyalty from the bottom to the top, you know, in the military especially. you got to be loyal to the people at the top. But he said loyalty from the top down is even more necessary and is much less prevalent. One of the most frequently noted characteristics of great men and women who have remained great is loyalty to their subordinates. That is servant attitude. That is servant leadership. This podcast today is brought to you by the letter S. Such an important trait that every new leader has to struggle with and has to master the servant spirit. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.